Hey guys, this is Dustin from Music the Lifeblood. Real quick before we get into the show, I want to tell you guys about my favorite Midwestern record store. It's called Indie CD and Vinyl. They're located in the happening, the ultra mega hip heart of the Broad Ripple neighborhood of Indianapolis, Indiana. Stacks of wax coming at ya. They've got punk rock, hardcore, metal, reggae, dubstep, EDM, all kinds of music. Tons of stuff on CD, vinyl, and some cassettes here and there. So, if you guys are in the Indianapolis area, I want you to stop in and check out Indie CD and Vinyl, located at 806 Broad Ripple Ave. And you can find these guys on Twitter and Facebook at Indie CD and Vinyl. Make sure you spell I-N-D-Y. Indie CD and Vinyl, where the good shit is at. Sitting around with time to kill. Hey folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight, some night we die. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned into another episode of Music, the Lifeblood. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me, as always, the butter to my biscuit, Big Jake. Hey, Big Jake. Hey, what are we talking about? Once again, it is October. Which means only one thing. It is the Danzig abrasion. The Danzig abrasion. Which means mm. we're uh, Danzig abrading uh, Doyle today. Yeah. It's the Doyle episode. It is the Doyle episode. Now, specifically his solo work. Yes, the Doyle yes. the Doyle band. Just for the sake of not of everyone not being confused the fuck yes. to death all the way through this episode, we're going to say the Doyle band, mm-hmm. and we're going to say the Doyle man. The Doyle Man Band. (laughs) (laughs) Doyle is his name. Doyle is his band. Chunky Riffs are his game. It's like Van Halen or Bon Jovi. Right. (laughs) It's awesome. All right, so it's the Doyle episode. We are going to get eye to eye with the God of Flies. Indeed. That is going to happen. Indeed. We got lots of stuff to talk about. Lyrics, riffs, drumming, album art. Good All kinds you. of stuff coming your way. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, Music the Lifeblood wants to remind you that we have a Patreon, and we yes, do. we will take your money. All of it, preferably. Options ranging from $1 all the way up to 500 We encourage you not to do the $500 let's be, option. Yeah, let's, it's, unless you have insane financial means, let's, don't do that. Let's be realistic. Don't do that. Times are tough. Yeah. Don't waste your money on a meal at Taco Bell with Big Jake and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you can if you want, but um, just I mean, we could we could take him out to Kuma's. There we you go. Give him a decent meal. Yeah, something good ass meal. We can yeah. make something happen. But <laughs> beyond that, most of you are going to fall into the one to ten dollar range. Does include perks such as it does high, high fives, high fives, piggyback rides, buttons, stickers, stickers, that signed sort of, lyric sheets, that sort of thing. So go check us out on Patreon, P A T R E O N, and. We want to remind you that besides the Music the Lifeblood podcast, Music the Lifeblood is available on YouTube. 
our sister show, Vinyl Thursday, hosted by myself, where you get a direct line into my record collection, whatever I've bought recently, and album reviews and interviews from time to time. Indeed. And then also, Vinyl Thursday's sister show. <laughs> the 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 twice removed. Twice removed sister <laughs> show from the Music the Lifeblood podcast. We have Music the Lifeblood's Conversations from the Pit, hosted by myself and Music the Lifeblood's own third man in the field, Mr. John Carter. There's all that shit. We're going to be back in a minute where... We're going to talk about Doyle. All the Doyle. Hey, what's up, motherfucker? This is Dustin from Music the Lifeblood. Are you on Instagram? Do you like that shit? Well, guess what? So is Music the Lifeblood. Just search Music the Lifeblood. You can check out pictures of my record collection, and you're going to get random pictures of Haggis the Wonder Mutt, the official Music the Lifeblood dog. <laughs> All right, Instagram. Fuck yeah. Music the Lifeblood. Woo! Big Jake. Dustin. Doyle. Yeah. What do you know? I know he was the guitar player in The Misfits. Doyle the man. Doyle the man, not the band. Or the band. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, There's a big difference between the two, but okay. And, and then he had uh, a solo project called Gorgeous Frankenstein, which kind of didn't go where he wanted it to go. So he then kind of mm. stopped and rebranded as Doyle. Yep. And yeah. he put out two albums since then, Abominator and As We Die, which a huge gap between those two albums as well. Takes a while yeah. to, to get it right. And he's busy. He's a busy man. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's, just, let's just give him like the Dollar General version of the history. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. you touched on everything. Yeah. Doyle, when he was uh, 15, 15, si- 15, 16, 16 years yeah. old, he joined the Misfits in the early 80s. Played in the Misfits for a couple years. Uh, uh, the Misfits broke up. Glenn went on to do all of that. <laughs> um, and uh, Doyle and his brother Jerry, uh, they stayed in New Jersey and they worked in a machine shop and they were kind of like blue collar guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jerry and Doyle decide, okay, we're going to put the band back together after some litigation. The box yeah. set came out yeah. and they decided to do the resurrection era of the Misfits. Michael Graves and Dr. Judd. Mm-hmm. Tons of content uh, available online as far as that specific epoch Era, of time, yeah. yeah. Um, which is, I think, is pretty interesting. Um, I'm okay with the the resurrection era of Misfits. That said, mm-hmm. I prefer my Misfits to be uh, a bit more menacing and sinister than than what the resurrection era was. I think yeah. uh, I think a lot of <sighs> What they were doing was really uh, Jerry only kind of pushed that agenda yeah. to have a sort of uh, <clears throat> I don't know how else to say it less of a less of a evil less evil more Halloween yeah I guess like yeah. the holiday yeah Halloween. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean I'm okay with it uh, I like to listen to Doyle play guitar anyway so a very interesting guitar player. He's real good. But his writing and his rhythm playing are right. impeccable. Yes, I, yeah. I agree. So Resurrection Era Misfits uh, kind of comes and goes. Uh, Chud and Graves, uh, Michael Graves, the singer, and the drummer, Dr. Chud, they leave. Uh, Doyle sticks around for a hot minute mm-hmm. um, to finish that Famous Monsters tour, which I saw them twice on that tour. I saw them with Chud and Graves and then without. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Jerry Doyle and... Um, uh, the goat. Anyway, I saw him on that tour. 
uh, Jerry sang, and it was cool for like, okay, we're just going to finish the tour and get yeah, through yeah. it. But <clears throat> I am not okay with Jerry being the singer of the Misfits. Yeah, in no way, shape, or form. Um, so anyway, Doyle leaves. He it takes some time. Forms Gorgeous Frankenstein. Uh, it's him, and he has a handful of people kind of come and go. The, had, the list of the list of ex members of Doyle and Gorgeous Frankenstein are just like. Well, <laughs> I think I think a lot of it had to do with. You can tell very, very easily what he was going for. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it wasn't fully realized with Gorgeous Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. I do not think Landon Blood was the right singer for that band. No. And I don't uh for Doyle. Well, specifically for Doyle as a guitar player, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I definitely do not think Argyle Goolsby from Blitzkid was the right singer for Doyle. Um, uh, Argyle filled in, you know, for yeah. he was part of Gorgeous Frankenstein for a minute. Uh, Alex Story joins Gorgeous mm-hmm. Frankenstein, and at the sort of behest of Alex, they rebrand. Why don't we just call it Doyle? I mean, that and makes then, total like makes sense anyway. And I would but, agree. Yeah. Um, good, good sort of um, people know the name already. Like, roll with it. I, I think I think it's a good indicator of Alex's commitment to the to the sort of vision of it mm-hmm. and you can doing something like that that takes a sort of selfless element to be able to put somebody else's name on yeah. your band yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 um and to, to me that's that's good testament to you know that's you that's a i really want this to work yes yeah. yes absolutely and with his working class and just his fucking busting his ass that alex story is it was an awesome decision awesome decision uh the original lineup uh they had a a dude named Left Hand Graham that mm-hmm. had the, the Graham Reaper, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, he uh, he played for Michael Graves' solo band. I think it was in Gotham Road, maybe. And then he played for Marky Ramone, yeah, for quite a while. And I think that's what he's doing. Chud now. played drums for them. For a yeah, while. Chud was for in like the ori- three or four years in the original lineup. He was in Gorgeous Frankenstein, and then he was in the original lineup of Doyle too. Yeah. Um, there is some nasty shit that happened with Chud. Really? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, from what I understand, he mm-hmm. asked for more money, mm-hmm. literally the day before the tour, <sighs> yeah, and put them in a real fucking shitty position. Mm-hmm. So they got Tiny yeah. from TSOL to fill in, yes. Anthony Buso, and uh, Tiny did the tour. There you go. Um, uh, they decided that they wanted to change drummers from Tiny to... Uh, uh, Brandon Brandon Pertzborn 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 and Brandon's played in a lineup of Black Flag. He's done all kinds. He's of He's cool still stuff. current as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he wasn't on this last tour because uh, he was out playing with Horror, the hip hop group, or the really the really aggro hip hop group. Hmm. Yeah, that's what he was doing. I think they were opening up for Avenged Sevenfold. I think I've never heard of that. Don't so. quote me on that though. Um, and then they had a guy named Dietrich Thrall that plays in. I think he's in the Lords of Acid now, filling bass. Mm-hmm. And then he's he not left. their current bass player. No, yeah, yeah. And then that's when they got Brandon straight. So that yeah. takes you all the way up through current. Lots of Brandons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny when I I did a meet and greet uh, with them uh, when they were here in Indianapolis, and uh, I was talking to Doyle and Alex for a minute. I was yeah. like, it was just like, dude, Brandon fucking kills it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, Alex said they both do. Yeah. Both up, and yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Brandons. I was yeah. Like, well, what Brandon you, squared. What, what a good way to your rhythm section. <laughs> it's, just it's the Brandons. The Brandons. You know, but yeah, it was a hot fucking show. They were on fire. Totally amazing. All right. Anyway, that's yes. the condensed version of it. Indeed. 
There it is. The condensed 10-minute version. So what, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanna, well, it was only like five. Oh, okay. um, anyway, I want to know your thoughts because this isn't, uh, this isn't a kind of metal that you usually gravitate towards. No, it's not. It, it's way more, I don't know. Abominator is like, it's in my wheelhouse. Right. Uh, less so on As We Die, but I think As We Die is a better album. Uh, really? I, I do. I think I think As We Die is a better album, but I uh, I, thought Abominator... you said, I thought you said I was thinking of John Carter because John Carter dropped the bomb on me. Yeah, he did. Yeah, on the other night, where it was like I like Abominator better, and I was like I've never wanted to fire you for music lifeblood until <laughs> right now. Till right no, now. No, I think As We Die is a better <laughs> album. You could tell they've kind of come into their own, but musically, I prefer a bomb. I prefer Abominator because it's it's a little more straightforward. It it it's less on the the kind of rockabilly it's less punk than as than as we die as we die it's got some just straight punk sections and it's abominator does as well but they're more plentiful and as yeah. we die i feel well, like. i think they're there there's a heavy sort of groove metal influence with some of the the some yeah. of the rhythm playing that, that doyle does like you can't you can't not yeah 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 you can't not you say, can't do what he does for as long as he's done it and it not influence. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. There's times where I'm like, kind of sounds like Lamb of God. Yeah. And then yeah, other yeah. times kind of sounds like older Slipknot. Yep. Which is, which I think is cool, but I much prefer as we die over. It's just, I think it's because, um, this is the first two, the first time I listened to these albums was for this. Cause I, every, like we've discussed it before, every time October rolls around, it's just Dustin teaching me about <laughs> all things Danzig related. <laughs> right. And so I popped on Abominator having no idea what to expect other than I look at the album art. I look at the album art and I'm like, this looks like it's going to sound like decapitated, but I don't think it is. <laughs> like with like the font and the palette and right, color palette. Right. And, and I put it in and then like the opening riff on Abominator is just like straight 16th chugs with like double bass going with it. And I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> like yeah. this is way more in my wheelhouse than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is good. I like this. Well, I think him as a, and I, I did an album review of As We Die on Vinyl Thursday a while back, yeah, and yeah. I talked about it in there. I think it's it's been interesting to see Doyle as a guitar player, his growth mm-hmm. over, like, fucking a 40-year period. Yeah. Or damn near being a 40. fucking 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's neat to me to see where we started and where we have ended up. Yeah. And just the sheer amount of growth in between. Yeah. Now there was a, you know, when you go back, I think with the OG era of the Misfits, Earth AD is obviously, in my opinion, the high water mark. How old was he in Earth AD? Seventeen. Well, well, it would have been late eighty-two, so he's probably seventeen, eighteen-ish. That just blows my fucking mind. Yeah, like because all the other dudes in that band were like way older than him, weren't they? Well, Jerry's, I think Jerry's four years older. Oh, okay, than, so not crazy. Then, but... uh, then Doyle, and I think Glenn. I want to say I think Glenn is eight or nine years older than Doyle. Okay, so it's not so nearly Jerry, as Jerry, as I Jerry's kind of right in between the two of them. Um, but it's neat to see his playing from one, end, of one yeah. end to the other. He's just gotten, he's kind of like Judas Priest mm-hmm. in that they just got progressively heavier and heavier <laughs> and heavier. It's interesting to start out at like something like Stained Class or, you know, Sad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. And you fucking painkiller. So you end up a painkiller. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Especially when 
I, I thought it was neat. If you if you were to remove the resurrection era of the Misfits, the 1990s, mm-hmm. and just stand like Earth AD to, to as, Doyle to as we die, yeah, it's like, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> he sold his soul to the devil to sound yeah. like that. You know what I mean? I think it's it's I don't know. It's neat for me as a fan because I've been I've been a fan for a long ass time now. I started listening to the Misfits when I was like probably 14, 15. Yeah. And I've been able to take in a lot of mm-hmm. the band. And I think, you know, one of, as it, as it kind of relates to him as a guitar player, one of the neatest things is one, when you can see an artist's growth. Yeah. And two, when you can see an artist's natural growth. Yeah. And you have that, in my opinion, more often with, non-commercial music yeah guys who are just doing it because they want to do it not yes. so much doing it because it's a paycheck yeah like, right right which i mean obviously they're getting he, paid. they're making money yeah they're making, yeah yeah and they and they absolutely should be getting a paycheck yeah so I, don't, I don't have an issue with bands doing car ads or anything like that because i've never had a, you got to pay puts, your bills yeah like, puts fucking money in their pockets they, the the argument <clears> of the, the argument you always hear about so it's so sold out it's like you're a kid you don't get yeah. it yet. You're, you're you're young. You're you're a fucking retard. You're a you child because <laughs> someone else is paying your bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't. Yeah, I I mean, I to me, I think it would like if I were to hear like like fucking Dark Gods Rise mm-hmm. like on like a Nissan commercial. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, what did they put in the Nissan? <laughs> What's what is in that <laughs> Nissan? <laughs> I yeah, I'm the just, souls of unborn children power I, this vehicle. I'm I'm yeah, just yeah. If a band is making money, they need to make money. Let, let them let them make their fucking money. Yes, let them get paid because yeah. they can't they can't survive without it. So anyway, anyway, I just want I wanted your input because this is I I had the thought that this isn't going to be. I don't know if this is in Big Jake's wheelhouse or not. I mean, it's I would probably never pick this up on my own and just be like I'm gonna listen to Doyle today but like now that it's been I've been coaxed into like right. listen to this for the podcast like I would totally listen to these albums again right. like I never would have done it on my own right? because I don't have any I would I know who Doyle is I know his associated acts so I would assume it was a punk album with like the Misfits horror no, no. kind of no it's just getting progressively heavier yeah. and, and heavier it's weird and it's weird that like Someone who's come from such a, a heavy punk background was like, I'm going to write a metal album. A good one. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's Jeff Hanneman. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. great example. Jeff Hanneman's all about the fucking dead Kennedys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But he's the same guy that wrote a big chunk of the riffs on rain and blood. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. it happens. It happens. Yeah. And I think a lot of his, his style of playing mm-hmm. is born out of, punk rock mm-hmm. that's where it comes from and when you when you're able to sort of concentrate punk rock over that many decades i think that's naturally what you get you like, think so that, yeah because he does a lot of down strumming a lot of chugs See, i and, feel i feel like with i don't know maybe the rockabilly stuff makes sense to me as a progression but like i don't i i don't see enough i don't see punk like "Quote unquote classic punk like the Misfits." It's like that's just fucking punk. Like it's just punk, and you do that for long enough, and I don't feel like you end up at metal, especially not that kind of metal. I feel See, like I, I think I feel do. like you end up at like kind of like grindcore or something, where like 
the the really fast chaotic like anal chord cut. chord strumming like is they're never just they're never just chugging on a string in punk like chugging like metal bands do is on that top string it's always like a power chord or a bar chord and they're just like just like going to town on it i feel like if you do that enough you end up at like something grindy you end up at like i mean i get that i get that but i think that's coming from your your the lens that you view punk rock through you know you're yeah i I you're very you're very proggy tendencies i view punk rock as having very little structure so yeah no yeah, yeah yeah i think it's you're just kind of categorically flawed that, no, it's a possibility. From the, yeah, from the yeah. way that you look at it. I think there's much more to... You know, that's that's what we're going to do. That we're going to do? We're going to have gonna punk do. month where you just educate me? I don't, I don't know that, but we're going to do something. We're yeah. going to do something so I can literally drill a hole in your head and pour the information. Just pour the bleach in? Pour, pour the information in that you need and then put, <laughs> put a cork put in the it. the cap back on. And just let you ferment <laughs> for a while. Let's see, no, let's just, see what I happens. just wake up in a dead Kennedy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm buying Gigi Allen albums. How did, how did it fucking happen? Yeah, I don't, I don't, to, me, to me, it makes sense. To me, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I want to talk about Alex. He's real good. His progression from the two albums is like <laughs> Alex is real fucking interesting. Really? Yeah. Like I'm mean, talking like on a personal level or just like his vocal ability? Because I don't know the gentleman. Other than I know Both. he's got some sweet chops. Other than that, he does. He's yeah. got some sweet mutton chops. Yeah, yeah. So I think him him as a vocalist, it's interesting to see him um, uh, bounce back and forth from the world of Doyle to Cancer Slug. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the one of the most interesting things about Alex to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some psycho babble. Go so for it. I'm just I'm just warning you right now. What else is new? <laughs> Welcome to Music the Lifeblood. <laughs> where you say shit and I make fun of it. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue, please. Um, okay, so um anybody that knows me kind of personally knows that I'm real interested in the sort of the sociological development of Maybe like uh, cultural status and like. Uh, Would you say you're interested in the socio political interests of things? I am. Yeah, that stuff. That kind of stuff fascinates me. The movements of like identity politics. Um, I don't like identity politics, mm-hmm. but it fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think about most often with Alex is is the idea of developing your shadow, mm-hmm. um, which. <laughs> In in sort of like layman's terms, most people when you say the shadow, they go, "Oh, the dark side of life." Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I okay. get that. I think there's a little more to it than than whatever everybody uh, thinks there is. Um, the the I I read this this really great article the other day by a dude named Mateo Soul. It's called "Shadow Self: uh, Colon Embracing Your Inner Darkness." Oh. Which, real neat, real neat sort of, yeah. real neat article. And it had some cliff notes on some Carl Jung uh, uh, stuff. And if you don't know who Jung is, he's, I mean, he's like fucking, he's a big deal in the psychological world. Yeah. <laughs> or the psychology world, I guess. I, whatever yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it. Theologian, sort of like socio-commentator sort of guy. Yeah. He's just like a big brain. 
Gotcha. You know, and that's what he yeah. gets paid to do. Just be smart. I get paid to be smart and talk. Just be <laughs> smart and tell us some of it every now and then. <laughs> that's the thing. So the 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 thing that uh, I read this article and it was really great. It was really great because I was listening to As We Die. I was I was reading this article and a couple things struck me. You know, when when you look at uh, the differences of who we are. Uh, on the inside versus who we want to be perceived as mm-hmm. by everybody else. Persona, I yeah, guess, yeah. best word to choose. It's a good game. Which is which is funny because the the term persona, uh, it's Latin derivative of mask. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Yeah, yeah. The, the mask that you that you want everybody to look at you through. So, I, I was thinking about some of some of the way Alex writes, mm-hmm. um, and. Alex usually does a first person narrative mm-hmm. sort of thing where he it's it's I, I, we, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't use we as much as he uses I mm-hmm. across both bands' catalogs. Um and a lot of it has to do with the sort of like notion of like archetypal villains where the beast would be the thing that you think of. Um American Werewolf in London, David, mm-hmm. when he turns into the werewolf. Mm-hmm. Really great example of that. Um, and specifically, werewolves come up quite a bit, too. And well, he is Wolfman. Yeah. yeah. Fucking, he's got it tattooed on his stomach. Yeah. You know, like, that. that's the thing. Well, even his appearance, like, he tries to, the shaggy hair and the, the sideburns, he tries to mimic the classic, like, black and white Wolfman, is what I was all, like, I read a whole thing about it. Sure. It was, like, his... Even his outward appearance is "quote unquote" the Wolfman, right? Yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It to- it totally makes sense. I I like the idea that you know, in most sort of literature and uh, sort of modern day storytelling, the Wolfman tends to be like it's a uh, it's kind of like a narrative on you're powerless to Mother Nature. Yeah, the yeah. moon rises, you're fucked. You got you're gonna go kill people. You're fucked. Yeah. And, and I think the neat thing about Alex's writing is that he actively, from a first-person storytelling standpoint, embraces that notion yeah. of your dark side, and which creates a, an interesting, it's almost kind of like an anti-hero, that he he is powerless to it. He's powerless to that that notion of, of uh, nature taking over, yeah. but he embraces it. Hmm. And I think... Just like you have when it comes to theology, you have what I believe to be and my mom, my mom, my mom and Jordan Peterson, <laughs> the theologian, are yeah. the only two people that I've ever heard that share sort of the same opinion as me, that there's a difference between theological truth and historical truth. Mm-hmm. Theological truth, you know, as it relates to, uh, uh, let's say, Jesus, mm-hmm. the theological truth is that he's the fucking He's the, the son of God. Son of God. Yeah. He's telling us all kinds of shit that you guys need to fix this. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and die. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> but lesson learned, stop being fucktards. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And the historical truth is there was a dude named Jesus. Yeah. The Roman, he died. The Romans beat the shit out of him yeah. and nailed him to a fucking cross. Yep. <laughs> that's that's a thing. That, <laughs> that's the thing that's that a thing that happened. So. And I think just, oh God. just what <laughs> you just phrase it like that. The <laughs> Romans beat the shit out of him and nailed him to some wood. And then it's right. just like, Ugh. there's no other way to say <laughs> no, it. No, there's it's, not. That's exactly what happened. No other way. It's like the fucking I, fuck. It was rough. It was real rough. <laughs> it's a shitty situation. It's bad. Right. Anyway, anyway, as it relate as it relates to uh, what I'm talking about with Alex is that 
I think there's a there's a almost a, a literary theological version of Alex as yeah. well as there's an actual historical personal version. Yeah, of Alex. yeah, yeah. Does Alex kill people? No, I don't think so. I mean, same way with. I mean, you I'm, never know. I'm, but... I'm 90 percent sure <laughs> that Alex doesn't just murder well, people I mean, it, indiscriminately. It's, it's, it's a most pe- most people, including myself. I'm sure you did too in your heyday. Right. When you're on stage, you have a character you play. Yeah, yeah. Even if do. it doesn't involve like a mask and like a change of clothing. Right. You have a a a, a persona that you have on stage, and it's usually a. At least in my case, and a lot of other people's cases, it's just an extreme version of yourself. Yeah, a little like, bit. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm already loud and kind of obnoxious, and I like, I like I, to be it's just I like to be center of attention. That's yeah. just what it is. On ten. Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. That's just my personality. So when I'm <clears throat> on stage, that's cranked up even more. Yep. Yeah. So like that's just it's just kind of he probably is a bit of a I would say without knowing maybe a bit of a troubled dude. And a bit of a a uh, a somewhat of a dark person, maybe. I don't know if troubled would be the word I would use. A here let, intro let me, introspective person, perhaps. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's what I'm tell you. Here's what I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, you can get sort of familiar with someone, someone, their belief system through their writing. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh God. What? Just think about the things I've written in the past. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like ooh. Yeah, it's Ooh. the worst when it's you, when the you worst. really start to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I believe you can kind of you can kind of get a good understanding of of who people are as a person if if you're able to understand their writing and and uh, uh, kind of dig into it and start yeah. to sort of figure out what they're what's going on with them as a person. But at the same time, uh, I think Alex does mix. I think he mixed real life with fantasy. Yeah, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They weave in and out from each other. But what I th- what I think's most worth mentioning about him is is that I think as a character, I guess is the theological truth of Alex's story. He is a berserking madman. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and him as a person, and I'm saying this because I've been around him. Mm-hmm. You know, on one occasion where I talked to him for a little bit, that sort of thing. And one of the things that struck me about him was that he would just calm. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it, when I was having the conversation with him. And I think that has a lot to do with, there's a lot made of uh, being able to embrace your shadow self uh, and your, you know, the, the mixture between the left hand and the right hand. Yeah, yeah. The left hand represents the dark side. The right hand represents the light side. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do those equally and be able to accept both in in a in a I guess a constructive way, mm-hmm. you you become whole, and that's holy yeah. holiness. Yeah, that's that's what that is about. Your 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 quote unquote holiness is gonna gonna start to define you internally and externally. Hmm. And I think because Alex has been able to tap into the shadow through his writing, mm-hmm. I would imagine it's probably made him a much more centered and. Uh, calm waters person yeah yeah in his in his actual self in the sort of historical in like in the in his brain kind of way yeah Yeah. in the historical version of of alex so i think it's just to me it's just real interesting to see him as a writer because he pushes the first person narrative so much 
that sort of thing. I, I just, I think it's neat. But there's one song on that really sort of jumped out at me. And I keep thinking about the the sort of uh, the the sort of no, the notion of man versus nature, mm-hmm. nature taking over man, that sort of thing. There's a lot of stuff on As We Die lyrically that sort of tap into that. I think there's specifically there's a song called Dark Side, and I thought I thought it was neat. The first time I listened to it, it really struck struck me. I wish I had put more in it on the episode of Vinyl Thursday I did about the review, but I didn't feel like it was going to translate well to a video yeah, and not enough time yeah, kinda, yeah yeah i felt like i probably would have lost restraints. the audience but in dark side there's a line in it that says all love dies in the moonlight face down with a bullet in its head <laughs> and i th- i thought this was interesting to uh uh to alex's sort of greater storytelling mm-hmm. because he uses first person narrative a lot and to me a bullet in the head seems like an oddly impersonal way for Alex in the story to kill someone. And that's also in your head, not in my head. So it's, it, he's not thinking that as himself. Yeah. That's directed right. at someone. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, now I did think about it for a while. Well, maybe he's talking about being killed in the moonlight. Yeah. And I'm like, Nope, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I think it, it was real interesting because it struck me because usually with, with, you know, stuff as it relates to like berserking, killing, that sort of thing. There's a there's a song at the end of the album called Blood on the Axe. One of my favorites. Which you're talking about murdering people with an axe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, which yeah. is which is a very personal way of killing someone. Yeah. You I gotta mean, look them in the eye when you do it. A knife, an axe, yeah. any kind of bludgeoning weapon means you have to get up close to him. Yep. And the bullet thing struck me in Dark Side because I haven't heard him do much of that mm-hmm. or write things in that way a lot. Yeah. And it stuck out at me for some reason. So I don't know if it, it could be could be indicative of him sort of making a, a turning point as a writer. Mm-hmm. Could be. Or he could have just deviated from what he usually does. So I don't know. I just thought it was really, in- really yeah. interesting and worth mentioning. I just thought from Abominator to As We Die musically, he is noticeably much more aggressive on As We Die. A lot, a lot more harsh vocals, a lot more screaming. Yeah, which is ironic because I would think Abominator is a musically heavier album, but As We Die is vocally more aggressive. But the album itself is not. Like I don't know, Abominator to me hit harder. Oh, it yeah. had way more just yeah, like yeah, strength yeah. chugs yeah, and like metal, yeah. metal kind of. Uh, I don't want to say cliches, but the, right. the the metal stereotypical metal things versus As We Die that branches out. But it's still the one with the heavier vocals, right? And it worked for some reason. Yeah. So, and it just—he's—I I feel like could have been that just was the, the creative mood he was in at yeah. the time. I just felt like between those two albums, like the thing that stood, two things stood out musically the most for me bet- between these two albums. The the main one was Alex sounds phenomenally better on the second album. I think I think his delivery is better, his writing is better, his. His enunciation is better. His projection is better. Everything was better, and that could be some of that could be recording quality and stuff. But I was I was like, oh, this sounds. I actually thought, is this a different vocalist? I'm not even sure this is the same guy because right. of all the harsh vocals, and there weren't a whole lot of harsh vocals on uh, Abominator. And then the second thing I noticed is that it sounds like Doyle's been hanging out with Zach Wild <laughs> on the second <laughs> album. Well, I, because uh, those squeedly wows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I you know I sometimes he um Doyle, I've I've watched some interviews where Doyle was interviewed Doyle the guy yeah he was interviewed and he was talking about 
you know, alternate picking styles. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. How to do those, you know, those pinched harmonics, pinched harmonics, yeah. and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's funny because, uh, like, if you if you look at starting at the the Resurrection era Misfits, American Psycho, uh, Famous Monsters, and if you want to count Cuts from the Crypt, but I don't really because it's a comp album. Yeah. And then Abominator, and then As We Die. You can see him on uh, American Psycho, like you can feel him going, "I, I want to do this." <laughs> it's it to me, it's funny when like, just like the Zach Wild school of thought. You yeah. know what I mean? The just the is always constantly. <laughs> I, which, His version of Crazy Train is literally all pinched harmonics. Yeah, I, which <laughs> which I think is. Yeah. I feel like he's got his thumb on. Okay, don't overkill it. Oh, I I'm, thought it was. I mean, I didn't because I complain. I just I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot there. I'm yeah. okay with it, but I th- I think part of the reason I'm okay with it is because I'm aware of the entire breadth of his career. Yeah, yeah, it you know slowly I mean? snuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, man, I wish we had some of those on Earth AD. Yeah, I'm like, well, we'll it's just, just like we'll just get caught up now. Okay, but, cool. yeah, but, <laughs> if you go back to if you go back to the, I mean, there's nothing like that there. There's a lot of feedback. And the yeah, old, yeah, yeah. And he utilizes feedback like fucking crazy, which is neat because yeah, he, he almost makes like a it becomes part of his rhythm. Yeah, playing. Um, but if you go back to there's nothing like that in the Misfits. No. Um, I mean, there's there's a song at the beginning. Uh, what was that? lost in space it's the second song on famous monsters Mm -hmm. there's one of those at the beginning of it and that was the first time i went hey he can do that (laughs) yeah and i went whoa and i remember going like wonder if he'll do that later and then (laughs) listening listening to the rest of the album going there it is again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and it and it just be exciting because I I don't know I think it's because I'm so just the the connection I have to all of Dan Ziggory. Yeah, you know what I mean. The the misfits. I mean, that was the first fucking tattoo I got. Yeah, you know what I mean. I got the Crimson Ghost tattooed on mm-hmm. me. That was, it was a fucking big deal to me. Then I think when it whenever the sort of like misfits arena danzig arena of bands do do things that haven't been incorporated before i get excited about yeah, yeah. i get excited because like oh it's something new yeah that's amazing and i think a lot of it had to do with the time between misfits breakup and resurrection era misfits i think he literally just like he worked in the machine shop and just went home and just played guitar that's a possibility you no know, they had yeah. they had the him and jerry had the studio project called uh, Christ the Conqueror with a K mm-hmm. and a K and a Y. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> K-R-Y, I think, S-T. Um, they had that project, which is like, there's no other way to fucking say it. It's power metal. Good. It's it's absolutely good. Like, it's absolutely power metal, like, all uh, Iron Maiden mixed with, like, a little bit of later Dio. And they mm-hmm. had Jeff Scott Soto do the vocals oh. yeah yeah oh was, see the dude that sang for ingway for a minute yeah i think he is right yeah, soto's in what's he in now he's, one he's of those still g- doing something he's, now. he's one of those guys like has voice will travel you yeah, know what i mean yeah, like yeah. He's, he's like he's had a good career he's been on a lot of shit i think i'm pretty sure that he was on ingway's first album anyway 
they did that with him. And when you listen to that stuff, you can go, oh, fuck, he got real good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then through the Misfits, he got better. And then all the way, we're here now. Yeah. So I think, in in my opinion, I think his, his playing is, I think his playing is tasteful. I don't think he does it, I don't think he does it to the point of overkill. But I do think because... I think I think you're probably skewed because you have been exposed to the misfits. Yes. You know, through here yeah. and because there's none in the Not misfits. One. Yeah. It feels like it might feel like Jesus Christ, they went overboard. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't I don't even say that think they went overboard. It just was a noticeable abundant there was a noticeable increase is all I'm saying. Right. Well yeah. I mean it is yeah. what it, I mean it is what it is. Yeah. No for sure. I, I really enjoyed these two albums far more than I these these so far of all the Dan Ziggory, we've we've you've had me view over the two years. This is the one I'll probably pick up again. Right. One of these two are the ones I'll probably pick up again. Right. It's gonna be funny when we do the Sam Haynes stuff. Why? Oh God, you're gonna you're gonna hate it. I mean, whoa! Uh, oh, Haggis, 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 Haggis! What's going on? <laughs> Why am I gonna hate the same Sam Haynes stuff? You're just not. You're just. Oh God. It's gonna be like kryptonite. It's gonna. It's just not. It's just not your wheelhouse. I feel like it can't be any more out of my wheelhouse than what uh, the Misfits album we did was, and it, I end up liking that one. It it is. Is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna. We're it. Yeah. Is it gonna be a challenge? It's Am I gonna, gonna fight through? It's gonna be tantamount to your walk to Mordor. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to like Sam Hain. <laughs> okay. I can say it with absolute certainty. I like the Son of Sam stuff that, that I've that I Yeah, seen. it's not Sam Sam Hain. Okay. <laughs> not, okay. You're gonna you're gonna bristle. So give me give me give me uh give me what I what I'm not going to like. What about it is gonna make you're me gonna, go you're, you're gonna fucking piss and moan about the recording quality. Uh, yep. Hundred <laughs> percent certain on that. Yep. And then you're gonna you're gonna piss and moan. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna piss and moan at 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 the at the sort of <laughs> I I think you're because you're gonna go it doesn't sound like Danzig it doesn't fucking sound like Danzig my mistake was not doing not exposing doing them in order yeah, yeah. not exposing you I should have went Sam Hain first then the Misfits then Danzig and mm. it would have been an easy thing transition to go. Yeah. yes because based on your musical taste because yeah. you're you're fucking like. You're you're I'm like the product of my generation. You're sir. You're, you're prejudice. <laughs> you're probably right. You're prejudiced to to the the notion of of visceral and or aggressive lo fi recording. I, it's it's not necessarily the recording because I like Doom albums that sound like fucking garbage. It's the because it comes along. It comes along with the with, territory with, with the genre of it's, music. It's it, the it's, it comes. It's kind of one in the same sort the, of thing. The issue I have. The issue I have is because me and Hannah have this argument all the time because she likes just raw music right. that I refer to as bullshit, <laughs> and <laughs> I I don't like I. You're fucking, it's like, just like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you guys like the locust? Yeah. I'm pissing on you. You scared haggis so much. No, it's, it's, I will not accept raw emotion as a substitute for talent. 
<laughs> that is my thing. You know, okay, she had me, this is a great example. Uh, she had me listen uh, to a band. Literally, what's today? It was Thursday, Thursday on Sunday. And I went, don't ever listen to that again in my presence. <laughs> what, was it? what was she, it? I said, I would rather sit and listen to your fucking country bullshit <laughs> than sit through that again. What was it? I hate <laughs> more than a mirror, more than everything I've bitched about. Attila. I, more than Attila. <laughs> I hate tiny moving parts. <laughs> hate. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Uh, you're so. I would punch them in the mouth. You're so fuzzy. Given the opportunity, <laughs> I hate <laughs> tiny moving parts. <laughs> it is garbage. <laughs> it is emotion. It's like it's like nobody's ever felt anything before. They're the only people to ever feel anything that hurts. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, I love God. it. I love it. It's so bad. You're going to hate Sam Hain. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited to hate it. I get excited about I get excited about things I really like and things I really hate. I fucking so. love Sam Hain. Jesus Christ. Like, it hurts my parts. I will give it a fair shot. Like, I give everything else a fair shot. She said, let's listen to Tiny Moving Parts. And I said, okay. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Never yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving you. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> it was, it's bad. It's bad. It's not good. I, oh. yeah, you, I mean, you're a snob. You know what I mean? I, like, I've. You're, you're, I'm not you a snob because I'll give, I'll give everything a fair shot. You're fucking, you're, I'm an you're elitist. like, you're like one of the, I'm an elitist. You're like, you're like a Yelper. You know, like a Yelp restaurant. Yeah. Like yeah. That kind like, of Yelper? You're like a Yelper. We're like, we're going to go check out this Thai place. Yeah, we are. We'll just see how it goes. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't. Cause like when I put on Sam Hain for the first time and you're going to listen to it. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna go well. I'll, we'll just see how this goes. Mm. No, what's gonna happen is and I'm then, go, in your head going, the f- I fucking hate Dustin. This <laughs> guy is no fucking, exactly what's gonna happen is you're fucking gonna, jackass. You're gonna put it on. I'm gonna go. Oh, let's, let's do it. I'm gonna go. <laughs> that's all, <laughs> that's the only indicator you're gonna get is. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, bad. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. I fucking love Sam Hain. I mean, you, Jesus Christ, man. I'm the diff. The difference. Fucking the love difference em. in most people's opinions of music versus mine is that whether I like it or not, I can recognize if it's good. Right. Tiny moving parts as musicians aren't bad. That drummer is doing some cool shit. Right. But it's fucking garbage. Right. <laughs> like all of it. It's like I just I. God damn it! I hate it. This is it's funny to if you can try to zero in on what's the. What's the part that it's that that the, get, because it's like it's like if you like you make a bowl of cereal, right? Yeah. So milk. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like so you mil- can make a delicious bowl of cereal, but someone just pours a spoonful of piss in it. <laughs> just one little. Right. You can't even hardly taste right. it, but you know. <laughs> right. Right. So it's like I no. Can't. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna say like milk. 
Cheerios. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We're good. Sugar in it? Little, better. Maybe a little sugar. Yeah. Milk, Cheerios, sugar, cyanide. Not gonna work. Whoa, hey. <laughs> What's we, we I think we went wrong with the cyanide. No, because I think I think that's too obvious. It has to be something petty. <laughs> like like to be honest, like it's like milk, sugar, Cheerios. Banana, fuck you. <laughs> like, you lost me at the banana. It's like, that's totally acceptable. Why? Like, fuck you and your banana. I don't want it. <laughs> and like, that, that's petty. That's, that's me. I can't. I can't. Should, I can't fucking eat this shit with this spoon. I can't eat this shit with this healthy alternative. <laughs> I can't. I won't fucking do it. Fuck you. No, we we should we should have an episode where you try to pinpoint what I hate about the things I hate. Because I, I honestly can't tell you it. It frustrates the shit out of me. <laughs> I know that I don't like it. It just, it just feels like abomination. I just don't like it. <laughs> I just don't like it. But I, God damn it. It's yeah. Next year. We're Doyle. Gonna, we're going to go balls of the wall with Sam Hay next year. Okay. Just four weeks of misery. Four weeks of just Sam Hay. Four weeks of misery for you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. It's the Sam Haynes sadist dancing abrasion. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's take a break. Yep, yep. Big Jake. Yes. Do you have a favorite song? I do. Um, what is it? T- two stuck out to me the most. Um, the actual the I touched on it briefly. The Abominator, the first song on Abominator, mm-hmm. just because of how it struck me as oh this is not what i expected right and like the opening riffs just straight 16th with double bass and i was like oh this is good this is good i'm i'm a sucker for like the power metal thing where Mm -hmm. it's just the chugs with the the double bass going at the same speed i I love that i love riffs that do that so that stuck out of me and then um blood on the axe specifically for the bridge because it's the same situation where it's been kind of like uh not really is it's not done that the whole song but then that bridge kicks in and it's just real fucking chuggy and metal and i was like oh god this is good i like yeah. that what on the axe had some really fucking sick riffs on it see i figured you'd be all about night of sin because of this sort, sort of gallop yeah i figured you'd be into that it's got a you know whenever whenever a heavy band gallops like that you go iron maiden yeah, made yeah. power metal one. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think no. It's there's me. just there's just <clears throat> something about like whenever whenever moments stick out, they have to. The way I, I judge these things when I'm listening to these albums, usually I'm writing the stuff for the show while I'm listening to these albums. Right. So whenever I hear something and I stop writing and I look up at the screen, that's like that's the thing. That's the one that I like. If it's something that makes me catch my attention enough that I stop writing. And those were the two things I was like, you know, getting my ledger read. When I first started listening to Bombinator, I was like at the top of the page, I was like writing Doyle and I just started taking down the, the information for like members and stuff. And like, as soon as I started the album that started, I stopped. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and then it didn't happen again until like a while later. And yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's those moments that I, I always remember because it, it, it drags me out of what I have going on. So I like... I like Abominator a lot. I like As yeah. We Die more. I like them both. Yeah, I, yeah. I like I like Abominator a lot. So I like uh, um, Learn to Bleed. Mm-hmm. Is that the second yeah. song on there? I think it's the second song. I uh, it just sometimes you can just. I like the vibe you get a lot of times from from 
really any celebrity, but due to what we like, it's generally musicians, where you just like hear something and like you see interviews and you just like, whether you like the music or not, you're just like, I just want to fucking have a beer with this dude. Right. Doyle's one of those guys. I right. just want to just be like, can we just like hang out and like talk about, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a, there's a very, I'm going to get deep again. Go for it. There's a very sort of, uh, blue collar notion to that band. There is. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of it emanates from Alex for one, uh, because as like, as a cancer slug fan, you <clears throat> fucking, you know, you know, shit. Yeah. You have, yeah. A, you know, Alex makes himself available mm-hmm. to, to his fan base. You mm-hmm. know, you'll see him pop in on like, you know, the cancer slug Facebook and like mm-hmm. answer questions. And he does that in the Doyle. Which is always the, appreciated. The, the, Doyle, yeah. the Doyle group that I'm into. And that's always neat. And there's a, there's a sort of blue collar thing to them. You know, and even with Doyle, he did a, uh, I, I can't remember if he did it on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was a Facebook post. But they were touring a while back and um, they, canceled a st- they canceled a show because of the substandard production quality of the show yeah, yeah yeah that the the venue or the promoter or whoever it was did not have sufficient stuff to be able to host them and that's a that's a sort of like that's like a that's like a working class band problem you know yeah. what i mean and when you yeah. when you find out about that stuff you start it, it clicks the thing in your head to go oh wow i didn't yeah. i didn't think of that yeah. there's a there's a there's a real there's a real world side to uh I mean the music business in general, you know, not what I mean? having a good PA. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's real world sort of like this sucks. You know what yeah, I mean? And we yeah. can't, we can't, we're not going to do this because we're not going to, we're not going to be a part of a shitty situation. So the only speak. thing about so, that is that to me that to, just to me that comes across as very kind of like a blue collar thing. That's a working man know? problem. Yeah, yeah. That's bad work, bad work environment kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. and you don't and and uh, and and sec- and and secondly too, I mean Doyle the guy mm-hmm. is a fucking legend. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's he plays a really fucking important part in greater aggressive music yeah and i would say alex too mm-hmm. and i mean and if brandon pertzborn keeps going the way he's going he's going to be like fucking mike portnoy you know in 15 20 years yeah fucking amazing anyway um to, to to me i think that's neat because as as a fan of the band you you get a sort of you get a window into like oh yeah. like that's fucking happening like that's a thing that they have to deal with and then you realize, or at least for me, I go, well, good, good for them. They're gonna put the, they're gonna f- put their foot down and not be subjugated to some My... fucking just shitty ass situation. You, I, th- I think you got to remember, band, bands at the level that they're at, mm-hmm. there's they're they're dependent on the promoter having their shit together. Yeah. And when they encounter a situation where the promoter does not have their shit together, mm-hmm. it sucks yeah. for oh, them. Yeah. And it sucks for the people that wanted to go to the show. Absolutely. But at that point, that becomes, that's not the band's fault. It's not their problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you, if you signed a, you know, uh, uh, an agreement for money's owed or, or, or there was a, um, some sort of a rider or any, any kind of thing. Yeah. To me, 
I I don't know Doyle that man personally, and I don't know Alex personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can tell you from just my awareness of the people that they've played with or or their reputation as a band, that sort of thing, they wouldn't do something like that. They wouldn't purposefully upset fans yes, if it wasn't an extreme situation. Yes, if it, if yeah. it wasn't an absolute balls-deep shit situation. Yeah. Me, personally, I canceling a show is... I really don't want to do it. <laughs> like, really, really don't. Right. So... But again, I'm not at that level. Yeah. So I don't have the ability to just be like, nah. <laughs> like, right. Well, I I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, dis, I disagree with you. I, I think canceling a show absolutely has to be an option. Now, I don't think it's... You try to avoid it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like the last thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I come from the school of thought that they have to have a specific level mm-hmm. of quality to be able to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think giving the audience something that is inferior mm-hmm. to what they've established as this is what we do. Yeah. No matter no matter if it's no matter if it's just more convenient for the audience or it's more convenient for the promoter. I don't think they should have to sacrifice the quality of of their vision of what they're doing to 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 be able to lower lower the standards lower their standards. I don't think yeah. it's right. I I absolutely. I mean, I do, agree. I, I don't, do not think it's. I right. I also don't think it's right. But I know. I just. I fans come first. I guess if I was that person. Right. So unless the and, building and I think and he's I, the same. I'm sure he's the yeah, same way. Yeah, yeah. And I th- I think that is him showing that fans come first. He's, he's not not going to give them going, an inferior product. Yeah, he's not going to put on yeah. a, a a shitty show. He's not going to do it. And. Yeah. For the both of them, I think that's probably at the forefront of their mind. That's probably fair. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. It's like deliver. You don't want to deliver an inferior product because of the fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I just, I, I, God, I've had to cancel shows last minute for various reasons, and it fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it does suck. And there's so, not, nothing worse than showing up to a show and not getting what you are guaranteed right. promised. Yeah. Well, I think in situations like that, it's up to the artist to 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 put the pressure on the promoter that yeah. if the promoter set up a crap situation mm-hmm. it's the fucking promoter's fault yeah promoter needs to be the one that sucks it up and gives the money back to does refunds and things yeah. like that and the shitty thing is that a lot of promoters will take that money and just Run. split yeah you know that's the shitty thing about you know promoters yeah <laughs> and, and i mean they fucking do it at all levels does, oh, I know. Doesn't fucking matter if it's if it's a show in a fucking you know a record store in front of thirty people or yep. fucking a gigantic theater with three thousand. I mean, there's a <clears throat> an unnamed promoter in this city who's well known for doing that. <laughs> so and band, yeah, yeah. Knock on wood. Right. Bands I've been in fucking have come ass. have come across that problem a yeah. multitude of times. Yeah. On top of other things, we're like you're being forced to open because this person doesn't care for you personally when the bands that are playing after you are it's their first show right and no one knows who they are <laughs> and like <laughs> no one's here to see them <laughs> like things like that is just like it is promoters promoters suck man Mo- a lot of promoters suck yeah. i can't generalize like that but yeah agreed yeah agreed it's i don't know it's a it's a that I think we were talking about, we were talking about, you know, bands being on commercials and things like that. Yeah. I'm of the, I watched this, I watched this interview of, with Doyle 
the man yeah and alex <laughs> we have to keep i was like I yeah yes yeah. um with doyle and alex and the fucking kid the fucking kid had no business no business interviewing the two of them yeah. none and he yeah. because he was being an absolute shit you know fucking asked asked doyle at some point you know what do you think about people wearing misfit shirts that never heard of the misfits yeah, you know, aren't aren't you mad? Aren't you mad about that? Something, something to that effect. Um, and then and then asked, you know, about uh, bands getting like ad placement and stuff like that. You know, selling out that sort of thing. And Doyle said something to the effect of, "I'm not direct quoting because I'm doing it by memory, but something yeah. to the effect of, what's wrong with that band getting money? Yeah, l- let there's, the band get paid. There's nothing fucking like, wrong with that. And I yeah. think it's." That shit fucking frustrates me. Yeah, I've, if, I've it frustrates it. the fuck out of me because, like, a band like this, the best thing for a band like this, ad support is money, revenue, is, is exposure. <laughs> yeah, that's the absolute best thing for and a if band you're, like that. If someone is paying you to do that, yes. then let them do that. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get. I hate this. I hate this sort of stratified fucking punk rock notion. Everything, that, man. That my band can never leave the garage. Why? Because I love them. No, fuck that. You know what I mean? It, it's my band. My band is not for anyone else. It's fucking dumb. It's like it is. It is dumb. Think about all the good bands that have had to call it quits because they couldn't. They couldn't support themselves. Yeah, and the fans turn on them when they start to support. Yeah, themselves. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, now, it just, it's it's one of those things where when I started playing music years and years ago at thirteen and fourteen. It was never. I mean, the the course the the inner dream in your in your in your heart of hearts is I want to be this huge fucking musician and be the next Metallica and right. tour. But like realistically, my goal was always if this could be my job that just pays my bills right. that I do I work on eight hours a day, like a nine to five, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So like I mean, you gotta be able to do that any way you can. Like and if you're a band <laughs> add money and selling your music to labels and selling music to companies and that's how you do that. <laughs> Right, I don't. I just don't understand it. I don't get it either. Fucking, man. I don't. I don't fucking get it. Why would you not want your, your f- band to succeed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your <clears throat> quote unquote your band. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just. Oh my god, it's so dumb. It's yeah, so it's frustrating. Fucking dumb. I remember, and and I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, what I'm, I mean? I've been guilty I did, of it. I as did well, that. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard AFI on the radio. I was fucking. You know what I mean? I was pissed off about it. Driving home one night and fucking Girls Not Gray from Sing the Sorrow came on. And I had a fucking conniption. I'm trying to think of a situation where I've been like that. Because most of the bands that I like don't generally get much big play. Right. So like, oh, excuse me. I remember the first time I heard, our first time I saw... Uh, Beast in the Harlot and Backcountry on MTV. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember there was a tinge of this is weird. <laughs> Why is Avenged Sevenfold on like? Well, because you I th- the beach on MTV. <laughs> I think I think part of it is because you put you put bands at a. You're kind of like okay, this is my band. Fucking love them. Mm-hmm. I want them to be this way. So you put them on the shelf, and you're like, okay, that's my band. And then when things start to change. change. From an exposure standpoint, it make I think it makes a lot of hardcore fans nervous because they're I think the biggest worry is that it's going to bring shitty people to the to the fandom. 
what what's I just don't I just never <clears> want the music to change. And it, it took me a long time to get the to learn the lesson that even if the music does change, I still have that music from when I from before. Sure. Like that's sure. still here. Sure. I still yeah. have that. So yeah. Yeah. I guess in my and for the longest time I thought if like when the when the band changed and the new music was different, it kind of tainted the old music. Right. And I had to like get out of that and like no I still have sounding the seventh trumpet in my hand. Right. <laughs> I still have this. I think so. you get you get attached you get attached to the 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 idea that you know something about these people personally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I think, I think that, that I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, like I fucking know something about Alex. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I know a lot of his lyrics and I love a lot of the music he's done. Yeah. I don't fucking know him personally. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't go get burritos with him. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. But I, I think a lot of fans, because they have such a strong connection and because it's it's a it's a daily presence in their life, mm-hmm. so they become very personally attached to the idea of that person yeah. Oh, as, yeah, for as sure. an individual. You know, so I mean if if Doyle the band sounded like fucking Earth A D, mm-hmm. I'd still be okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because but but the idea that you know, you've, you've, you've listened to and you've, you've acquired knowledge and, and personal meaning and significance to this music over a period of decades, mm-hmm. sort of intensifies your feeling for them as, as an individual. When you know, in all likelihood, they're awesome people. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Nine times they're, out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Nine times out of 10. You meet way more awesome musicians <clears throat> than douche musicians. Right. So. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. But the thing is they don't know you. Yeah. You so, might be the douche. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that that's where I'm going for. Yeah. You're probably the one acting like a dick. Yeah. Not not them. So if your band gets famous, fucking deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. It's probably a good thing because it could mean that there's money to make another album. Yep. Cool. Um, yeah. We rapping? Yeah. Okay. What's our what's our takeaway? Uh one one more thing before we before we go. Mm. Um mm, yes. Uh uh Tuesday I posted my my new branded tour Tuesday on Facebook <laughs> where you can catch Doyle this coming fall with Guar and Ghoul and yep. he is legend which that sounds like a fucking hell of a show. Yeah, even I if, would even love if, to go to that. even if it was Ghoul and Doyle it's just like oh my god people are going to die. Yeah. Fucking Guar, Doyle. And I don't know anything about he is legend, but Gar, Gar, Gar. Guar, I love Doyle Gar and Ghoul. Holy shit, that's a show. Yeah, that is a good show. Yeah, that's a really, really good show. <laughs> that's a dumb, crazy, awesome show. Their uh, their marketing material for it too. Mm-hmm. The the flyer or the mm-hmm. JPEG, whatever yeah, you want to yeah, call yeah. it. It looks really the digital neat. flyer. Yeah, it looks really, really neat. I was yeah. looking at that, looking at it the other day. They had the the guys from Guar. Yeah. Kind of look like they were in like a desert or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought, I thought it but was yeah, cool. check go check Doyle out live on the road this fall. So. Yeah, really good band live. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw Matt Emerson. We talked about it on an episode yeah, of Conversations yeah, yeah. from the Pit a while back. Really good show. Yep, really fucking good show. And I love I love Alex's stage banner. Yeah. It's so it's way more important than you think. I think it is. You gotta have a good it voice. Is. It is. Yeah. I love I love the fact that Alex goes. This is uh this next song. You can dance to it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. hint, hint, wink, wink, yeah, yeah, nudge, nudge, that sort of thing. And uh, 
this is funny to listen to him because inevitably in between songs, you get the slug cult, the cancer slug fan base, just yeah. screaming things at Alex, you know, <laughs> just screaming the slug cult rise. <laughs> and Alex, Alex is, uh, his alter ego is Dick solid. <laughs> awesome. So, so people in the crowd, you always get, you always Dick get solid. Dick solid, baby. And Alex will hear it go, yeah, baby. <laughs> it's just like, this is funny. I, it's like when you, when you go see Cannibal Corpse. Corpse Grinder is basically doing stand-up in, <laughs> right, between, right, in yeah. between songs. Yeah. <laughs> Until it's funny. It's funny. George, like, he's into Warcraft. And he's like, a fucking nerd. Cra- cracks jokes about shit. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> 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 forget last when, when I saw him. Forget what song it was, but he was like, "This song's about sitting in your room alone and playing Warcraft." <laughs> it's like, Fuck yes, George. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking Abominator. Hello. As we die, listen to it. It's good shit. Yeah. Endo- good heavily endorsed by Music of the Lifeblood. Heavily. <laughs> heavily endorsed. Heavily endorsed. <laughs> yeah. And go check out the episodes I did on uh, YouTube. I did a For sure. opening of the the LP, As We Die. And it's pretty. Did, did an album review. Yeah, it's, it's real, real pretty. pretty. Is, I like the picture on the back where he's blowing a bubble as he's playing. Yeah. It's so funny. If if he don't have his gum, he ain't going on stage. Really? Is it that, is it that real? That important. Hmm. Maybe it's how he keeps time. I think it's like a comfort. I think it's probably how he keeps time. He chews it because I know I, <laughs> I went to the dentist the other day hmm. and he was like, you grind your teeth when you sleep. And I was like, no, I don't. And he, and I was like, I do grind my teeth when I play music though. <laughs> and he's like, you should stop. Yeah. I've damaged my teeth. Wear a mouthpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it. Go listen to Doyle. Woo. All oh. right. Uh, that's another episode of music. The light blood rapping. Music by but something old, something new. What are you listening to? We live or die. What keeps us going is this 